They call it the best of their albums, don't they? A lot of people say how wonderful it is. I do like it, but it's not my favourite. No, it wouldn't be my favourite XTC album. That would be none such. As I keep saying, favourite XTC album, favourite album. So the two kind of follow. But this, from um, the YouTube channel Produce Like a Pro, so it's really talking from a musician and producer's point of view, which is why Hugh Padgham is here, which is good to see, is about English Settlement, their double album, which people say is the best thing they ever produced. And actually, they do a pot of history of things, and you'll hear quite a lot of stuff you've heard before, but some interesting little snippets here, um, saying that Partridge has spurred on, Andy Partridge, was spurred on by seeing Sex Pistols and thought they were a bit average and that he could do just as well. Um... We talk about drums and wires, which of course is really them becoming um, more accessible, I suppose, particularly with making plans for Nigel. He has his future in British Steel. Yes, he does. And Padgham talking about the whole thing being done in four weeks from beginning to end. You know, you couldn't really do that now. No time to wonder. No time to think about whether or not things were, you know, whether or not you were doing the right thing or anything like that. Um, and then you've got Steve Lillywhite there, of course, as well. The, the big drum sound. But that sort of thing, you know. Then talking about Black Sea, we go through this very quickly. Six weeks for that, getting more um, time to do stuff. Ten days mixing. And really what Andy Partridge said was, this is kind of drums and wires to the nth degree. I agree, actually. Quite a lot of stuff that's very similar to this, and you've got a lot of serrated stuff. You know, you, I, I mean, making plans for Nigel, it's very much like Sergeant Rock for me, you know. So um, I do think it's like that to the nth degree. I think it's similar music, but by the time they were talking about uh, English settlement, you'd got the situation with Andy thinking he didn't want to tour anymore. And when he pushed them towards a double album and also more acoustic um, kind of instruments, Andy had given his acoustic guitar away on a TV show, bought another. Um, David Gregory bought a 12-string Rickenbacker and uh, Colin Moulding, the Nuraev-looking bass player, as Andy Partridge calls him in another, another interview, bought a fretless bass. So with them pushing towards more bucolic, I suppose, kind of music. Um, one of the reasons being positive is that Andy Partridge thought we can't really play this live, so we won't be touring. Of course they did. Senses Working Overtime was a big hit. And Hugh Padgham says, I think they might have been big in America if it wasn't for Andy Partridge said, I don't want to tour anymore. So that kind of stymied their success, really. I suppose brings about some resentment, but... Having terrible panic attacks and forgetting things on stage and, you know, the Valium uh, that he was on and all of that. So, yeah. Anyway, they, they took six weeks to do the album. It was residential. And Padgham says, I really resented that because people can come in and do their overdubs on a on a guitar or, or a wobble board if you want. And they'll come in and out, but it's residential. So for me and my assistant or my partner, it's 24 hours. You know, so, you know, we're always there. So I really kind of resented that. Um, he said that they would always knock off on Saturday early, get the beers in. The band would get the beers in and they'd generally be late on Sunday. But usually they were still in the studio when the beers arrived. So he said they'd be 
getting pleasantly drunk and they'd be doing um, covers of uh, uh, some really faithful co- you know they, they knew the songs of Led Zeppelin songs and Jimi Hendrix experience songs said so when they were funny and when they were um, together and when they were up they were really funny blokes really good to spend time with they then went to the manor and because of the the stone room, the because of that kind of sound, they built their own stone room at the manor when they worked there. We talk about some of the songs, including Ball and Chain, which is an anti-Thatcher song. You know, Colin saying at the time Swindon was being hammered by that awful monetarist policy. And around this time of 82, you know, you you really have riots on the street here. And so, you know, you it, it almost, if it wasn't for the Falklands situation, in my view, you know, we might have had less of Thatcher than we did. Such a shame. Anyway, we end by the host saying that XTC are such an influence on musicians. Even though people early on thought they were just a poor man talking heads, they, they're they developed into something extra special. And the fulcrum of that, I think, is this album. You know, because you are moving more into atmospheric, open songs. There's, there's, there's more, on, you know, there's more feeling of we can do what we want and we can do other things and we can use other kind of instruments like timbales and that kind of thing. So it, it's a lot more interesting. Um, I think this album is the hinge, is the fulcrum to that. And it, it is a great album. It isn't my favourite. I really go for the pastoral stuff, me, and the power pop pastoral stuff, really. But I understand why people love this. And this is a great little piece of work because it's full of love. You don't see any of the gentlemen from the band interviewed, but Padgham is nice to see, and he provides some really good bits to just to pull things together. It's a five out of five because what a band... What an album, what a way to spend a bit of time. Ta-ta.